Hello, everybody. You're listening to Crunch Squad. It's a podcast within a podcast where we talk about the rules, the mechanics, and the number crunching that goes into this wonderful game of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host for the evening, and joining me tonight, we've got... Mickey, and I play Malamara. Malamara, our half-orc warlock barbarian. An interesting blend, but a pretty effective one, it turns out. So far. So we've already talked about Mal's class as a warlock. We've already talked about Mal's race as a half-orc. And now we'd like to talk about some of the subclasses that we've got going on in our different characters because they add an interesting flair to the class of each character. In the player's handbook, we're going to focus mostly on the player's handbook right now because, you know, there's tons of other books that have different subclasses in them, whether it's Xanathar's Guide to Everything or Tasha's Cauldron of Everything or Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica or any of the other supplements that they've got these days. If you want to hear like an in-depth breakdown of all of the different subclasses, you know, there are YouTube videos that can go on for hours and hours. I'm sure that Thomas would definitely recommend the Dungeon Dudes, as would I. They're pretty great. But for now, we're going to focus mostly on the stuff in the player's handbook. And for Warlocks in the player's handbook, we have three options for the otherworldly patron. Those are the Archfey, the Fiend, and the Great Old One. And Mickey, you have chosen the Fiend as Malamara's Warlock patron. I sure did. What was it that drew you to this subclass as opposed to something like the Archfey or the Great Old One? Um, Genuinely, just looking at the different... Um, things that kind of came with the, I think, a little bit aesthetically of things that the Archfey wasn't quite as dark as I wanted to go with where Malamara was going and the things that you get with the the old, uh, the great old one at level one. I just, it was not quite what I was looking for. And so I went with a fiend. I liked the idea of having a demon from the nine realms, this kind of uh, demonic feeling to it, but it's really hard to pass up on the Dark One's Blessing, which is starting at level one, when you reduce a hostile creature to zero hit points, you gain temporary hit points equal to your charisma modifier plus your warlock level. And that's really hard to pass up, when, especially when you're a low level and you're smashing your way through rooms. Because I set up Malamara to kind of be our tank when we were, you know, kind of creating our party feel that uh, I really wanted to have somebody who could soak up damage. And uh, the Dark One's Blessing definitely helps with that. Yeah, especially when you go running into a room full of 12 angry cultists and you kill all of them by yourself. <laughs> all of them by myself. <laughs> yeah, that is a great boon. Oh my gosh. Uh, just a quick flavor question or a quick flavor comment like you mentioned earlier. One thing you're going to find with a lot of Warlock patrons is with the exception of maybe like three, they are all very edgy. You look at the Fiend, you look at the Great Old One. The only ones that I can think of off the top of my head that aren't like inherently edgy are the Archfey, and then there's the Celestial in Xanthar's Guide to Everything and the Genie in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. But even those, you could make them edgy if you want to. The Warlock is just an edgy class overall what happens when you make deals with the devil yeah exactly or or a balor named (laughs) as it would be but yeah you've already started getting into the mechanics of the fiend we've talked about the dark one's blessing the other thing that you get at first level with every warlock subclass is an expanded spell list are there any of these spells that are particularly exciting to you 
there are. I really, I've always really loved Burning Hands because I like the, um, a lot of spells that have area effect are usually a target within a range. I like Burning Hands, especially as a first level spell, that it's just kind of a wall of fire. I haven't, I didn't take it initially because I wanted to set up my spells in a different way. But also another reason I took The Fiend was because comically, when we were setting up this podcast, we, we called it I Cast Fireball. And then we realized that none of us can actually cast Fireball. <laughs> it's not a warlock spell. It's not a druid spell. Obviously a rogue can't get Fireball. And we're like, oh, none of us, none of us can even cast this spell. So uh, with the expanded spell list, uh, when you get access to third level spells, a fiend warlock does gain um, fireball as an expended spell slot. Man, it's so interesting. I've committed so hard to the bit of none of us being able to cast fireball that I forgot that Thomas gave us a spell scroll of fireball until we re-listened to that episode. Yep. <laughs> I did too. And I was like, oh yeah, I probably should use the iron stone eventually with that. And yeah, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to take fireball as a third level spell when i reach that level because i kind of i i find it funny in our in our um story wise or our flavor wise that our our podcast is i cast fireball and none of us can cast fireball yeah uh it's it's so great i love it but that's something you're going to see throughout the fiends expanded spell list a lot of fire themed spells burning hands scorching ray fireball fire shield wall of fire flame strike it's a very fiery subclass yes it is moving up to sixth level we get what's called the dark one's own luck and what happens here is starting at sixth level you can call on your patron to alter fate in your favor when you make an ability check or a saving throw, you can use this feature to add a d10 to your roll. You can do so after seeing the initial roll, but before any of the roll's effects occur, you can do that once per short or long rest. And obviously we haven't seen this show up with Mal yet because we're not high enough level, but this is something that can really help to turn the tides in, uh, in an important moment. Yeah, a lot of, um, I feel like the feat that is the bane of every DM is either keen mind or luck. And I like that uh, this is built into the Fiend Warlock, that they just kind of have this luck point. And because they are a warlock, they gain a lot of their magic back at short rest, which is one of the best benefits of being a warlock spellcaster, is that your spells reset after a short rest, whereas most don't until after a long rest, or you have arcane recovery, which is still only half of your spell slots you can gain back. So a lot of good short rest abilities for Mm -hmm. the warlock. Mm Mm-hmm. Next up at level 10 is Fiendish Resilience. Starting at 10th level, you can choose one damage type when you finish a short or long rest. Again, good short rest ability. And you gain resistance to that damage type until you choose a different one with this feature. Damage from magical weapons or silver weapons ignores this resistance, which is, you know, common for a Fiendish creature. Mm -hmm. And this is going to stack really well with Malamar's Rage ability because when you rage, you get resistance to physical damage. And then on top of this, you could potentially be like, oh, we're fighting against a blue dragon resistance to lightning damage we're fighting against a lich resistance to necrotic damage and i like that that again that short rest that it's not just a when you wake up in the morning you pick something for the day and that's too bad that i i wish i could like change my spells that it is a oh we know we're going into this thing we're going into this dungeon we're going up against this creature if you can take that you know 30 minutes hour long rest you can gain that advantage 
It's just one of those extra, like, um, nice little things that a warlock gets with a f- that fiend patron. Yeah, all the times as a druid that I've wished I could swap out a spell during the day, but haven't been able to. Yep. And then the capstone of the fiend subclass is called Hurl Through Hell. And this is pretty metal. Uh, If any of you have ever watched the Ghost Rider movie starring Nicolas Cage, a phenomenal actor, uh, you're probably familiar with the flavor of this feature. So starting at 14th level, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can use this feature to instantly transport that target through the lower planes. The creature disappears and hurtles through a nightmarish landscape. At the end of your next turn, the target returns to the space it previously occupied or the nearest unoccupied space. If the target is not a fiend, it takes 10d10 psychic damage as it reels from its horrific experience. This is a long rest ability, but, you know, that makes sense because it's a pretty powerful one. Can you imagine being hit by somebody so hard that you literally, like, rip through time and space and you go through your own horrific horror show and you come out the other side and then take 10d10 psychic damage? Yep. Talk about a penance stare. Holy cow. Seriously. And it doesn't... There's no... At least what I what it looks like, there's no save against it. I guess maybe legendary resistance might, but it just you use this ability and that's what happens. Yeah, I mean you're already going to be hitting people with attacks. You just tack this on at the end, and it turns that attack into a big heavy hitter. So yeah, the fiend has some pretty metal abilities as you you rise up through there, as you level up through that subclass. Just got to get yourself a flaming chain whip and a motorcycle, and you're good to go. Well, that is going to do it for the Fiend as far as the different abilities that go into it. But man, this to me is like the quintessential flavor of a subclass for a Warlock. You go back to the idea of Faustus and the bargain that he made, sold his soul for power to the devil. This is like the core of kind of this entire class's thematics to me, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I feel like a lot of times that I've created Dungeons and Dragons characters, I don't remember if I talked about this in the Meet and Geek, but I feel like other times I've created characters, you kind of want to like, what's new? What's different? What isn't, what hasn't been done? What can you kind of mesh together to make it different? And I just chose with Malamara. I was like, what if I do the opposite? <laughs> what if I go like the most mainstream you could possibly do is like half orc with a barbarian. You have a, a warlock that is making a de- deal with a literal devil, just like back to basics. That way, if my character base is basic, I don't know if that base is basic, then I could create more interesting things kind of off of that base. Instead of my character being interesting, the things that happen to her and her experiences and how she's dealing with it becomes the flavor and becomes a story that is being told versus this really awesome thing that I like kind of threw together. And so I I did make the choice to purposely create like a max min character to base everything off of and then build from there. Yeah, I have plenty of close friends. Uh, Caleb Anderton, who's been a guest on this show, he discovered a while back that he doesn't like playing spellcasters because they're too complicated and he can't focus on the story. He likes to play simple characters like a rogue or a monk or a pugilist, uh, which is a fun third party class. All he needs to do is punch people in the face and then he can focus on the story. And, you know, as much as I love wacky out there sort of character options, I mean, Fleeple's subclass, we'll talk about that later. It's so out there, it's not even published by Wizards of the Coast. Um, (laughs) 
but there is a lot to be said for the core character options in the player's handbook. I mean, like the divination wizard is so hard to beat. Uh, we won't talk about that right now, but holy cow, it's, it's amazing. I love it. So yeah, don't overlook stuff just because it's basic and in the player's handbook, because there's some really good stuff in here. Well, kind of a shorter one, but you know, that's how it is with subclasses. They're pretty simple, but very flavor. It's like a bouillon cube of mechanical and thematic wonder. That's that's a perfect description. Subclasses the, the, are bouillon cubes. <laughs> the best metaphor I've ever made on this podcast. That's so capital. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody so much for listening to this week's episode of Crunch Squad. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed um, talking about Ghost Rider for a little bit. So, from wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service. It puts our show in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. If you want something a little longer than a review, you could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've been getting a lot of great fan emails lately, and it just warms our hearts so much to hear the joy that you guys experience from this podcast and gives us a little extra boost to keep going. We'd love to hear from more of you, and we're hoping to get the word out and set this podcast on fire, just like a fiend warlock. To get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. We're also on Facebook now. We have a fan page. And on these places, you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insight from the players in DM, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. Now, we get to the part that always makes me feel awkward, and we give a shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where I am the GM, and I run through many one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop System, and now also an ongoing campaign using the Avatar Legends Tabletop System. Wow, it is so good. Holy cow. Come give us a listen. I am so stoked about it. Lastly, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. Until next time, I am Ned Wilcott, and joining me today, we have had... Mickey and I play Malamara. Keep that fire going, everybody, and we will see you next time.